This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and Graham Williams. We've got an awesome show for you today. Later on, we will uh, be talking about the new Huawei phone, the first one released without the Google Play Store. What does that mean? Well, we'll explain uh, how that all works and uh, what the impact will be for anyone who wants a new Huawei uh, smartphone. Uh, We will also be talking about Google rumors. Google is going to be launching some new devices coming up in the next few weeks. We've got Igor Bonifacic from Engadget.com to tell us all about uh, what he has heard on the uh, on the grapevine. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the app news out right now. Did you see Amazon uh, has uh, announced a new high def music streaming service? So explain, Graham, what high definition music is compared to what we're getting now from like Spotify and Apple. For sure. So when you listen to digital music, this goes all the way back to MP3. Essentially, we're taking big, beautiful, uncompressed audio and we're compressing it so that the songs take less space. Uncompressed audio, you get 74 minutes on a CD. You remember that? We would, we would burn CDs and you would get like 12 to 15 songs. Um, and then you would burn your MP3 discs and you'd get hundreds of songs on there. So the music that we're listening to right now on uh, Apple Music, on Spotify, even on Amazon Music is all compressed audio. Yes. Which is not even CD quality. No. And, and so, I mean, here's the thing. Like Apple has always said that their AAC format is very close to it. Um, when you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, you actually have a variety of settings. So when you're you know, out on cellular, you can use less data for lower quality audio. And when you're on Wi-Fi, you can get better quality data. So 320 kilobits per second is kind of where they're at. Uh, HD music from Amazon uh, is a little like Tidal or Deezer where you're getting higher quality audio, and in this case, lossless audio. And what that means is that full dynamic range, the full range of sounds that was originally recorded, you get without crushing the top end or the bottom end, or taking bits of data out so that the song can take up less space. This, for people who have amazing ears, is great. If you've got a beautiful high definition audio system, is great. If you were listening on AirPods, doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so, I mean, how big of a market do you think this is? Like, have people been screaming for, for this? I don't think most people know anymore. I don't think so. Well, and there's been a few attempts at high-definition audio over the years. Remember Pono? Pono, yeah. yeah. Pono or Pono? Pono? Neil, Neil oh, Young's. Neil, Neil Young's, I'm, yeah. I remember going to a press conference. He was here in Vancouver, and uh, he was launching his... Pono. The Pono player. It was the a Pono triangular. Player. It was weird. Yeah, because yeah. that's going to fit in your pocket. <laughs> no, no one gave any thought. I'm, I'm sure the the designers thought this is the coolest thing we've ever designed, but it looked like a Toblerone bar. That's what I, what yes. I really wanted was a Toblerone bar of an MP3 player in my pocket yeah. on the bus. Is that a Toblerone bar in your pocket or are you just listening to music? It's a Zune. It's a Zune. <laughs> well... Yeah, I don't think any thought went into the actual ergonomics or the design of that. But the the dream behind that was Neil Young wanted to have people listen to music as it was meant to be heard. Yeah, so so this is kind of interesting. I used to work in home integration, and we would deal with a lot of folks who had beautiful, super high-end audio systems. Uh, Sonance had a, an amazing high-definition uh, uh, amp that would get you better quality audio if you had good speakers to listen to it. So there are folks out there for whom this is important. I think... Uh, what, what do you think that percentage is? I would say we're in single digits. And I would say low single digits. At yeah. That. I mean, I think there are a lot of people out there who would say that they're very interested in high definition audio. 
Um, but if they were to do a double blind test on it, probably not so much. And, and um, most people wouldn't be willing to spend the money to really notice the difference. So here's actually here's a, a fun thing. Uh, soundgym.co, if you want to see if you've actually got good ears, uh, you can go there and there are three tests that you can take every day. What's the, what's the address again? Soundgym.co. So soundgym.co. Like, sound, okay. like going to the gym, soundgym.co. And uh, you can actually test to see stereo separation, which is typically fairly easy. Yeah. Uh, but you can to also. To see if you can hear it. Yeah. You can hear if there has been uh, a, a boost in frequencies. So you can see EQ boost. You know, have they boosted the low end? Have they boosted the mid? Have they boosted the highs? Uh, so you can actually test to see if you've got decent ears. Philips used to have something called golden ears. They don't have it anymore. But I took that test once. And you know what I found out? I do not need to spend fifteen hundred bucks on headphones. <laughs> um, so Amazon is releasing this. I think it's fourteen ninety nine per month. I don't have the Canadian pricing. I know that's the U.S. pricing. Yes. It, it might be similar in Canada. No, here. that's in addition to your Amazon Prime Music subscription. You have to have Amazon Music first, and yeah. this is on top of that. Yes. Uh, so if you have Amazon Prime, it's just twelve ninety nine per month. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's for high definition music. Yeah. No, they do have a ninety day free trial. Okay. Which is kind of cool. So you can give it a go. Uh, it may encourage... So I, I have Sonos in my home. Am I going to be able to hear this? No. No. Uh, they, they, this, this, <laughs> Excellent. So, so here's the thing. Uh, if you if you do have, um, you know, maybe the new Sonos port or... Uh, but the, the older Sonos stuff, no. No. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at the Sonos 1, if you're looking at the Sonos Play 5, honestly, they don't have the dynamic range to do this. And Sonos has never claimed to be the high-definition audio solution. Even if you spend a couple thousand bucks on speakers, typically you're not there. This is for the people who are spending $30,000 on speakers or spending $2,000 on like Odyssey headphones. Um, and most people don't know what that is. No, and, and, and that's the thing. Like if you're listening, do you feel like you're missing anything on your music right now? Probably not. No, I'm just happy to get millions of songs at my fingertips. Right. And it sounds great. Apple Music is also now available on Alexa devices. That's the other news. Yes, finally. <laughs> Neil, Every, everything's working together. Neil Young's just like he's shaking, just shaking his, his head. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, laying on Neil. his triangle pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. When we come back from the break, we are going to be talking with Igor Bonifacic from Engadget.com. He is uh, going to tell us all the rumors around what Google will be announcing over the next few weeks. A new Google Pixel 4. Also new Google Minis. And uh, some new Google routers uh, slash mesh systems that incorporate minis into yep. them. It's crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here in studio. I've uh, got my good friend, Igor Bonifacic. Uh, he's not your good friend, John. Just mine. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Igor Bonifacic from Engadget.com. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me. Uh, I wanted to talk about Google now. Uh, obviously, uh, Apple's been in the spotlight for the past few weeks with the launch of their new iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro. But uh, obviously, there's lots of competition out there. Google would be the big one. They have a launch event coming up as well where they're going to be announcing uh, a number of new devices. And uh, Igor, you're, you're on the pulse of these things. So uh, we wanted to talk to you and, and see what's rumored to be coming out. Uh, let's talk about the Google Pixel 4, which would be their flagship phone. What are you hearing? Yeah, so it looks a lot like the iPhone in that it has a square a camera bump, so you'll get a sense of deja vu. Um, the main feature, and it's something that Google has come out and said is 
like confirm this coming to this phone. It'll be this chip uh, that they call Soli, and what it does is you'll be able to you'll be able to do hands-free gestures with the phone. Uh, so this is something we've seen in a couple of other devices. Which, like, which which worked really well in those other devices. <laughs> yes, extremely well. Uh, so much so that Samsung, for instance, only did it with one phone and never again. Um, but this time but, it's different, right, Igor? Of course. It's always, especially when Google does it, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how it works. I imagine, like, I, I'm not quite sure why they decided this is the particular hill they want to die on, but, you know... <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, so how is it? How do you think it's going to work here? You're going to have your phone in front of you, and you'll be able to use hand gestures to to work it. Yeah, essentially, like there'll be some functionality that you'll be able to access by using hand gestures. So, the one that we've kind of seen is, let's say you're playing something on Spotify, you'll be able to skip songs by essentially waving your hand at your phone. Um, again, like I think you know, uh, you kind of hinted at is like I'm not sure, like how much functionality they're going to be able to mine out of this, if only because it's like, how many hand gestures are you going to want people to learn, right? And how quickly are they just going to be fed up when they wave at their phone and it's like, you're not close enough or you're too close or you didn't wave your hand in the exact way I want you to wave your hand, right? Or you could um, just touch the screen to forward the song. Exactly. Um, You know, like just rely on, kind of actions that you've people have been doing for 10 years you know with smartphones at this point so <laughs> might be good for the um, harry potter game yes might yeah um so be beyond that it's going to have uh two cameras this time around that is two main cameras um it's also going to have like uh, uh, google's take on face id uh and face id if uh for those that aren't familiar is kind of apple's facial authentication uh some people love it some people hate it um we and I think that about like sums it up. The big thing here, though, is uh, the gestures and just like Google's fantastic camera package. Yeah, they've done well with their cameras, uh, no question. Uh, and I think they're one of the um, you know the the top smartphone guys out there that really got the the whole uh, low light and night vision uh, capability in as well. Obviously, Apple has brought that to their new iPhones, so they're playing a little bit of catch up. But do you expect any more um, improvements on that? Uh, Yeah, so one of the things that's coming in relation to that is there's going to be an astrophotography mode. And then what astrophotography is, is kind of just shooting the stars as they are, um, you know, if you're uh, outside out of the city, right? When there's a, you can actually see the stars, there's not too much light pollution. Um, And it looks like here, like usually when you're doing astrophotography, you need very big camera um, with a tripod. And it looks from what we've seen that you'll just be able to kind of point your phone at the stars and it'll be able to uh, capture them. So that like seems to me like it is, you know, the fact that not only was Nightside amazing when it launched, but that they've been able to enhance it in this way where you can shoot the night sky is like really impressive because, you know, like in those scenarios, there's like um, from the little light that the stars are emitting, there's more or less nothing to work with, right? And yeah. that's like a situation that's really difficult for a smartphone. That's something that Huawei tried to show off with the the P30 Pro uh, is sort yeah. of outshining everybody else. So to yeah, say. they actually showed some photos of yeah. you know trying to take pictures of the night sky, and it looked cool. It did, but you know, cool. But you know, how many people are actually going to use that? Four. I, yeah, I think the majority of people probably live in a city, 
I don't know if you've looked up in the sky in Vancouver or Toronto. Uh, you're not seeing a lot of stars from all the light pollution, you know, from the city. Yeah, you know, especially here at the center of the universe in Toronto, right? <laughs> it's very difficult to see anything else. Maybe the CN Tower. Maybe that's a, that's a star in itself. Just the Raptors logo. The Raptors logo. Just the rap- yeah. Okay, yeah. let's move on to some of the other Googleness uh, that we're expecting to hear. Uh, let's talk about the Google Mini, or should I say the Google Nest Mini, just to confuse people. Yeah, you know, Google is, and this is interesting because this rebranding has literally cost the company uh, uh, money. Uh, the last time we spoke, you know, we talked about uh, how Google had lost uh, number two in the smart speaker ma- market to China's Baidu. Um, and a lot of that was just this rebranding. But anyway, Google has decided to go full steam ahead and is seemingly going to rebrand everything to Google Nest. And this one is essentially just an upgrade to the Google Mini. It's going to have uh, a way for you to wall mount it. And it's also going to have a headphone jack so that you can kind of use it as like you did the Chromecast audio back in the day. Um, and it's probably also going to have a much better speaker. Well, I say much better, but marginally better at best. Um, and essentially, these are all updates that will help the Nest uh, Mini compete against the Echo Dot. Um, and this is something that Google has had to do. You know, like They've taken a bit too much time between updating um, uh, smart speakers. The Google Home, for instance, is like three years old at this point. Whereas Amazon is just like, it's a new speaker, multiple new speakers every year. Yeah. Um, so uh, there might be other stuff in terms of um, uh, new smart speakers from Google, but this is certainly the one thing we know that's coming out. It's interesting that they're going with the, the Nest name. Obviously, they're uh, all in, like you said, uh, on that. Uh, I also heard there's rumors of, uh, I guess, the, the router, their mesh system uh, bearing the Nest name as well. Yeah, so this, I think, is in some ways um, the most interesting product that um, release. Uh, they're working on uh, an update to Google Wi-Fi. That's their mesh router. And if, uh, for those that don't know what a mesh router is, essentially it's a, like a kind of a network of small routers that work together to ensure that you have Wi-Fi across your entire home. Uh, and this is really great if you have uh, like a really big home. It's less useful in an apartment, but if you like have to have internet in your washroom, for instance, a mesh hub is the way to go. Uh, and the way they're going to work with this is um, the beacons, and the beacons are the small components that extend the Wi-Fi network. They're going to double as smart speakers. So this is kind of really cool. You'll be able to, not only will they spread your, the network to the entire, every corner of your house, you'll be able also to talk to them and ask things of Google Assistant. And some of the functionality that they're adding to it is that you'll be able to kind of control the network with Google Assistant. So you'll be able to say like, let's say for instance, there's a, a, a hub or a beacon, excuse me, that broadcasts to your ch- child's room. You could be like, uh, okay, Google, turn it off in their room, uh, and I say that just as I trigger Google Assistant on my phone. Um, and in that way, you know, you'll be really easily able to control the network. My wife's gonna love that even more things are listening to her now. But there might be less things though. 
in your house because I like the idea of putting the mesh network inside something you're already going to be using yeah. as as a smart speaker. I wish uh, Amazon had that option in their Echoes because I have them all over my house. But I already have a mesh network, so I have all these little devices and pucks all over the house. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see how they put that all together. Yeah. And you got to imagine, uh, if Amazon doesn't already know about this, they're certainly going to be very interested in because they own Arrow, which is one of the leading uh, mesh Wi-Fi uh, providers. Um, so you got to imagine they'll come out with their version pretty soon after. Yeah. Any other things uh, that you're going to be following? Uh, that's a more or less it. We're expecting the new Pixel Book. Um, that's Google's kind of high-end Chrome OS uh, laptop. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, they had basically canceled all their tablets and said, we're not doing that anymore. So those won't be at the show. Um, but beyond that, that's more or less it. Uh, the Pixel is the main thing, and we know a lot about it. You can already see ads for it uh, in Times Square. Uh, and I imagine they'll probably be coming very soon to Canada. Um, so it's it's not far out now. We've been talking with Igor Bonifacic from Engadget.com, a, uh, an aspiring, struggling journalist, journalist just trying to make his way in the world. Thanks for joining us, Igor. <laughs> Thanks for helping me on the path. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back from the break, we have a lot more to talk about on the app show today. We will be doing our uh, Hot 5 app countdown. And we will also be talking about the new Huawei Mate 30 phone. I think it's the Mate 30, isn't it? Yes. Somewhere up there. Uh, It will be coming out with its own version of Android, open source Android. It won't have the Google Play Store in it. What does that mean for customers? Well, we'll let you know. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and Graham Williams. We've still got lots to talk about. As far as apps are concerned, uh, in a little bit, we'll be talking about Huawei. They're uh, back in the news. They're launching a new phone, but it doesn't have the Google Play Store. Why is that important? Well, that's how you get all your apps. They've got their own Huawei store. Will it have all the apps you need? Well, we'll explain how that all works. But now it's time. The Weekly App Hot 5. This week, our Hot 5 App Countdown it's all about creativity, and these are hot five apps to boost your creativity. And we're going to start with number five, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, John. Coffee vividity? Coffeefity? Coffeeativity. 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 I don't know if that's something to do with coffee or. Graham's going to take this one. Yeah, Graham, it's all about you. So, this is a great little app. Coffeeativity is a great little app that recreates the ambient sounds of a coffee shop to boost your creativity. I know for myself, I do my best writing in coffee shops, usually because I've had a quadruple espresso. So studies have shown that this type of background noise does make you more creative and allow you to do better work. Studies. I have no idea who's doing those studies. studies have they done to see productivity in a coffee shop? So now you can have all the advantages of working in a coffee shop wherever you are. Coffeeativity. Okay, number four on uh, the top five apps to boost your creativity, John, we've got Simple Mind. Right, for Android and iOS. When you're thinking creative, when you're thinking creatively, you can find yourself having free-floating, disconnected thoughts. One way to deal with this is to use a mind map to connect thoughts and threads of thoughts visually. Simple Mind allows you to do that right on your phone or tablet. It also has a few great features that definitely make it more appealing than mind mapping on paper. You can add voice notes to your mind map and also hide long threads of text and notes so you can keep things clean in your mind map. 
This is what the crazy people, you know, you see when you go into their basement and they've got the pictures and all the strings. There's a lot of red string (laughs) everywhere. Red string everywhere. Uh, We're going to go to number three. And uh, this week on the Hot Five uh, apps to boost your creativity, it's Ideamit. This is for Android and iOS users. And it's similar to Simple Mind. Uh, Ideamit helps you visualize your thoughts through diagrams. The great thing about Ideamint is that it's a little more flexible, allowing you to create whatever diagrams work for you. Concept maps, mind maps, flow charts, you name it. You can also easily share your diagrams via services like Google Drive and even Dropbox. Number two on the Hot 5 app countdown this week, and we're talking about apps to boost your creativity. We've got Behance. So Behance, this is for Android and iOS, and this is actually part of the Adobe Creative Suite. Okay. Uh, I love this because this is part portfolio. Uh, it is part inspiration and part social network app. If you're creative and you have uh, the Adobe Creative Suite, this is a great place for you to flex and show off. A lot of people do this. So uh, it gives creative, pr- creative professionals a platform where they can showcase their work. Um, it's also a great source of inspiration because you can go out there and see how people are doing it better than you are. This is pretty much my experience with the ants. Uh, and it lets you browse thousands of creative projects in photography, illustration, and graphic design. Behance. I I, I kind of want it to be Beyonce. I, I know. I kept thinking Beyonce. <laughs> she should get behind this. She should. Like, yes. Yeah. Can you imagine how much better that app would do? And she'd get a few, <laughs> few coins in her pocket for it as well. Okay. So the number one hot five app this week for uh, boosting your creativity. John, I'm going to give this over to you. Brain Sparker. Brain Sparker. This sounds like a bad James Bond movie. Brain Sparker. <laughs> it dun, is. Dun, 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 dun. If you're feeling a little stuck, Brain Sparker will help you get your creativity flowing with random creativity prompts that will activate your imagination. This app is perfect for overcoming creative block. Any creative profession can benefit from Brain Sparker. Writers, entrepreneurs, artists, and photographers, to name a few. That was your Hot 5 app countdown. Uh, what we're going to do now is get iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. Graham, what do we have this week? So this was kind of a new one for iOS 13. This, this was fun. Have you guys upgrade, updated iOS 13 yet? Well, I have an iPhone 11, which came with iOS 13. Oh, very nice. Bam. Very fancy. So this is kind of cool. Did you know that you can now put your name and your picture into iMessage and have that automatically share to people on iMessage? Yes, because I had to put my name and picture in when I set my new phone up. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're upgrading, it will ask you to do that, but it's really easy to miss that prompt. I did, and so I went looking for it. So when you're in iMessage, at the top of the screen, you'll actually now notice that in addition to compose a new message on the far right-hand side, there are three dots there. Yes. Tap on the three dots and you'll see two things. One is manage messages list where you can go through and quickly delete a lot of the message conversations that you're having that you don't want to continue having or that you're done with. You know, you've got that, um, that your pizza's on the way from Skip the Dishes. You can get rid of that. But right below that, you'll see edit name and photo. Tap on that. You can then browse through your photographs, including all those beautiful portrait shots on your new iPhone 11 or 11 Pro. And you can put your name in and your name can be whatever you want it to be. In my case, I've chosen my name, but if you want to be witty, you can choose something else. Click OK. And now you can actually choose to push that out to anyone that contacts you or just your contacts. Thank you, Graham. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about Huawei. They're in the news uh, again for a number of reasons. Uh, The big one for me is they have just announced their new Mate 30 smartphone. This is one of their first smartphones that uh, doesn't have the Google flavor of Android. They're using an open source version of Android and it doesn't have the Google Play Store. So right off the bat, when you get this phone, it's uh, not gonna have things like YouTube uh, and an actual Google Store to, to get apps. What does that all mean? Well, 
Stick around. We'll tell you right after this break. You are back with the App Show. Mike, Graham, and John here. Let's talk Huawei. They have just announced a new phone, their Mate 30 smartphone. Uh, faster, more powerful than a speeding locomotive, but does not have the Google Play Store. It's using uh, an open source version of Android, but without the Google Play Store, it's not going to be as competitive outside of China. Uh, if you didn't know already, any Huawei phones sold in China, they don't have the Google Play Store to begin with. They're using uh, a Huawei store or equivalent. Uh, so what's going to happen? So Graham, try to explain to listeners what happens now. You're going to buy a Huawei phone if you do purchase one. It doesn't have a Google Play Store. So you're not going to have things like Google Maps out of the gate or YouTube or things like that. And you even need a lot of the basic Google stuff to, to run apps like Skip the Dishes or Uber. Yeah, and so what we've, we've kind of seen this in the past with other Android devices that have not been connected to Google. The most famous ones are the Amazon Fire devices. Uh, so it's not like you can't have a Google de- uh, an Android device that doesn't have Google, but it does make things more difficult because that is the easiest way to get these apps onto your phone. Um, what you will see going forward is that a lot of users will use the, the Huawei store, but we can also do something called sideloading. You guys excited about sideloading? Explain that. That's I understand. Yes, but you know, I've for, done it. for you know, normal people, that's not something they would typically do on a phone. So, when you think about your phone right now, especially for iPhone users, there is no such thing as sideloading, right? You go to the App Store where it is curated by Apple, and they take care of all of your app needs. For the most part, if you're on a Google-powered Android phone, you do the same thing. You go to the Google Play Store and you grab your apps there. But. Uh, Other pieces of Android hardware are a little bit like your Windows PC, right? If you want to download an app, you'll actually download the package and then install it onto the phone yourself. You'll sideload it. You'll go around these stores. Which, it's not that difficult. No, I mean, it's something we've been used to for years and years and years. Typically, you have to allow like an untrusted or unknown source into your device so that you can actually put that sideloaded software into that device because it hasn't been authenticated through the front door normally, um, which can be a little daunting for some people because it looks kind of scary. Um, and that's also how some of these uh, wayward stores, if you want to call them, that exist on the Android landscape have these, it looks like a Facebook app, but really it's just a data collection app for some hacker. And we've, we actually have seen sideloading on the iPhone Right, and that's what people were calling jailbreaking for a very long time. There yep. was even a jailbreak for iOS 12. There was a huge jailbreak community for a very long time, uh, but it's kind of gone by the wayside as Apple has looked at most of the reasons why people jailbreak and has ruthlessly stolen those ideas. <laughs> no, but that's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because who wants to go through all that crap to you know? And I, I mean, I made a joke about this on Facebook the other day, which was, I no longer take unnecessary risks in my life. I don't jaywalk and I don't don't download <laughs> random software to my phone. But you just jumped out of a plane. I will jump out of a plane <laughs> and I will set things on fire, but I'm not doing that kind of silly stuff. So for Huawei users, I mean, the uh, ideal solution here is at the Huawei store. You're going to have developers who hopefully will submit their apps to this store where it can be authenticated and you can load the software on that way. And, and to be fair, they're going to have 45,000 apps already in their store. Fantastic. So 45,000. Yeah. Out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there's a good chance that things that you're looking for are going to be there. Maybe not that weird little color blocking matching game that you really like. That might not be there or some other very specific Google service. But, I mean, this is going to affect Huawei. There's no question. You know, if you're a cell phone uh, carrier, like a Telus, sorry, or a Rogers or Bell, uh, you want the experience for your customers to be as simple as possible. So (laughs) You don't want the support nightmares. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the support? I can't that. get YouTube on my Huawei. Yes. And so that's going to take up, uh, you know, a phone line and, you know, a tech support person. Now, now, that said, you will be able to access those services through a browser. You can access all of your Google services through a browser. You just won't have that native app. But if you sideload the Google Play Store, then you're golden. Yeah. Because then you can download YouTube and Google Maps and Uber and everything. So really all we've done here is we've just basically, I mean, when I say we, uh, there are some clear forces at play here. And this was the American government stepping in and saying to Google, no, you're not allowed to have this relationship with Huawei anymore. And Google went, okay, you're the boss. And so Huawei got cut off here. Um, Really, the the only people who are penalized here are the end users. Yeah. Yeah. Like what does this do for competition? It's not good. No. And it's not good for Google either. Like, if Google wants to spread peace, love, and do no evil, like, isn't it better for them to be on as many phones as possible? And it isn't is. it better to have more competition? Like, Huawei, over the past two years, has blown me away with the technology and their smartphones. They're a leader. Yeah. And now they're being pushed to the side. And basically, the U.S. has taken their ball back and they can't play well, and there, there's, there's, there's a bit of a phrase here. You know, we refer to any company in China that gets pushed to do something that they don't want to do. It's waking the sleeping dragon. Yes. And, you know, that I think really is the, is the risk here is that, uh, you know, American companies like Google do risk ceding their dominance in this space because now out of necessity, we always had to go out and do this. Right. Um, Samsung wasn't quite able to make it work with Tizen with their operating system. They tried and it's been. They use it in their watch. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been moderately successful. They yeah. weren't really able to make it work in the mobile phone space. No. But right now, you literally have the crucible of pressure on Huawei to go out and make this work. And they are one of the richest companies in the world. If anybody can weather this pressure and go make this work, uh, it could be them. And, and fortunately, they still have the hardware to back it up. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not like they're coming out with a, you know, a feature phone. This is going to be a pretty top-tier camera system and everything yeah, else. Yeah, the, uh, the specs on that new phone, the Mate 30 Pro, they're amazing. Like, it's got, uh, you know, the multiple cameras, uh, ultra-wide-wide, telephoto. Uh, the ultra-wide is 40 megapixels. Yeah. Compare that to the iPhone, the new one, which is just 12 megapixels. Yeah. Of course, it's, you know, a lot to do with the software as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, I think, to be honest, Apple could be an, 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 a sort of unaware beneficiary of this because I think a lot of folks may be looking at the Android space right now and going, this is messy. Yes. Right? I'm going to go to the comfort of my walled garden and uh, download some things off Apple Arcade. <laughs> Apple Arcade. Well, it's going to be interesting uh, coming up Monday, uh, the extradition hearing uh, for mm. Huawei CFO. Who is un- yeah, who yeah. is cooling our heels here in Vancouver. <sighs> uh, unfortunately, uh, that's going to be going uh, basically. And we'll find out, I guess, over the next several days, maybe weeks, depending how long these uh, hearings go, if uh, she will be extradited or yeah. not. Who knows? I feel like the guy standing between two people in a bar fight going, God, I hope we don't get punched in the face here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of an unfortunate situation right now. Uh, and Canada's kind of caught in the middle. Yep. Of it. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, when we do come back, we still have a few more apps to talk about. Uh, we have a cool game app of the week 
from Graham. And John has his favorite app of the week. I still don't know how you get your own app of the week. Because I help write the rundowns. Yes, you, you actually help write the show. <laughs> this is Mike, uh, John, and Graham. We'll be taking a break. When we come back, more apps to talk about. You are back with the app show. We have a few more apps to talk about. And Graham, let's start with the game app of the week. So I mentioned Apple Arcade. Yes. I am deep into it. And uh, yeah, what do you think? I'm, I'm loving it so How far. much is it a month? Uh, it's $5.99 a month. $5.99 a month. For, and that's for their whole family. 100 games. 100, 100 plus games, games. Right now. Yeah. Uh, and so John has had it for a couple of months. Well, no, no, a couple well, of weeks. About a week. About a week. Yeah. And so we had seen this game, Sayonara Hearts, that had been advertised uh, in the keynote. And in Sayonara Hearts, uh, you play a young lady whose heart has been broken. And so it is a dreamy arcade game about riding motorcycles. There's a plus. Skateboarding. I'm into it. Dance battling. All right. Shooting lasers. This is getting better. Wielding swords. Excellent. And breaking hearts at 200 miles per hour. The only problem there, Imperial, not metric. Don't really dig that. But this is a super fun, incredibly stylish game. The soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Um, It feels like uh, a 1980s um, acid trip of a game. And I am digging it so much right now. It's so fluid. Yeah, it's yeah. it's beautiful. I'm running it on an iPhone 10 right now. I'm going to get it loaded on my iPhone 11 Pro very shortly. So I'm going to see if there's any difference there. But it is smooth. It is sexy. And I like it a lot. And of course, for the grand old price of it's included in my subscription. I think it's a great deal. Six bucks a month for Six Apple Arcade. So what's it called again? It's called Sayonara Hearts. And... That sounds like an awesome game, but what about the rest of the games? Like, is there good stuff in there? From what, from what I'm seeing so far, yes. Um, Oceanhorn was a great RPG role-playing game that came out for the iPhone and has been since ported back to other platforms. So the second one, Oceanhorn 2, is included. And apparently that's hundreds of hours of gameplay. And they got it broken down by adventure games, puzzle games. There was a neat one. It was a linguistic puzzle game. So it would ask you to identify, you know, where is the palindrome in this sentence? Neat. Cool. So if you're looking for like little bite-sized games, great. Uh, there's a fun Frogger game in there. Uh, there's games for kids and beginners. And then there's some stuff if you really want to dig your teeth into, you can do that. Okay, let's uh, move on to John. It's your time. John's app of the week. My time to shine. Yes. Um, so I'm going to talk about, uh, it's, it's, a, it's actually a keyboard. It's not really an app, although it does come with an app. It's called Gboard. It's made by Google. Okay. Works on iPhones, works on Androids. And what it does is it gives you a replacement keyboard. And what I love about it is that it's fully customizable. You can actually take a photo and make that your backdrop, change the colors of the keys, the the borders around them, all that type of stuff. And it has a number of really cool features built in. And I use this literally dozens of times a day. It has a built-in Google search. Okay. Within it. Like it. GIF search. Yep. So you need to find that the perfect meme to send to each I, other. I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, it actually has Google Translate built in. So it'll translate as you type in English, it'll translate to another language. That sounds very cool. Yeah. Free? Uh, it's totally free. It has a bunch of other features. We just, just go take a look at it. You install an app on your, on your device and you have to enable it in the keyboard settings and then you're golden. Gboard. Free from Google. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank John and uh, Graham for helping put the show together. This is Mike, John, and Graham signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, 
TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.